Breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> Christmas time. Yeah, uh, not breaking news this week. We got no news to talk about. Um, no, it's breaking. The breaking news is that it's Christmas. Time. Oh, is that. Did, did they not know? Yeah. <laughs> are we. It's, are we. It the, is <laughs> December 4th, uh-huh. as we all know. Uh-huh. The Hamtastic poster <laughs> is ready and up on all Wendy's locations. And that's when you know it's Christmas time. That means we know it's Christmas time, baby. I, I had, um, for the first time this year, I had the Hamtastic with the chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. which I've never done before. Mm-hmm. I've, I've kept it, you know, strictly to the beef. And uh, quite an experience. I don't know if it surpasses the beef, but, you know, it's... Uh, nah, beef and ham is better. Come on, It guys. is. It is. Uh, Chicken's great. Get yeah. the Asiago chicken. This has been Wendy's Minute. <laughs> Wendy's, if you'd like to sponsor <laughs> us, you know, we have nothing but good things to say. By sponsor, you. you know, if we could just get, you know, one combo each. Just like right. once a month, I think. I don't think yeah. I need to eat Wendy's we'll, we'll, every week. We'll eat on mic. Yeah. And we can... Yeah. Right, right, right. <sighs> Fantastic. Bring back those seasoned fries. <laughs> uh, you know, um, if we're going to be going down that road, um, how do you feel about Burger King's chicken fries? Oh, um, I've only had... They, were, they, were they out here? I don't yeah, know. they were. They really? Were. Yeah. I've had, so I've had them several times They've been abroad. out here twice. I've had them several times abroad. Mm-hmm. Great. It's yeah. Fine. I mean, it's it's just chicken. Yeah. In fry shape. Sure. Sure. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Delicious. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if 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 the good people of Burking are listening, yeah. Uh, please please bring back the Italian chicken sandwich. It's all I've ever wanted from you. Yeah. It I know that was a lot of ever created. <laughs> uh, I see that weekly with no no abashed shame. So um, please bring it back. This is a movie. As podcast. much as I love the steak. <laughs> as, hey, it's a burger. We're doing a quick burger minute. <laughs> the steakhouse is good though. Like it, it, I love the steakhouse. It's, yeah. it's not my go-to. But like, if you guys ever have the bravery to bring back Italian chicken, Italian sandwich, chicken sandwich, that's where I'm at, man. I mean, the chicken sandwiches is where it's at right now. Yeah. You know, you got your Popeye chicken sandwich. Yep. Uh, you KFC got, trying to thing. I don't understand that, though. KFC they, in they general? They had the zinger. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, understand KFC in general. But they had the zinger, which is clearly the most love, beloved, beloved chicken beloved, sandwich yeah. in, in, the, in the nation. Yeah. And then they also recently were having their... The chicken sandwich. Again, it was the, the trend of everyone is trying with a chicken sandwich. But it's demonstrably worse than the zinger. Well, well. Why do it? You have the... You oh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It would be like Marvel saying we're going to try a cinematic universe. Yeah. Like, you've done it. Guys, you've already done the thing. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what, uh, you know what, you know what I wish they would bring back? And they only had it for like a month and it's just lodged in my mind as a child. Yeah. Um, the popcorn shaker. Uh-huh. Where they put in popcorn chicken in like a little cup yep, that is big I remember. over mm-hmm. it, and you could pour in like cheese on sauce. You could do anything, shaking it, and yeah, bring that back. Guys. Yeah, come on. There's lots of things they could bring back. Yeah, remember the snacker? That was oh. like a nice little. Treat. I remember when the ninety nine cent snacker was yeah. ninety nine dollars, mm-hmm. and me and my friends every day after school, yeah, would go straight over to Sovereign because KFC like, was right there. Yep, that KFC used to be a Popeyes. Yeah, back in the yeah. people, people yeah. don't really. I say that to my friends who are my age, and it's right. like they have it's. Been deleted from their memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that has been the burger man. Then <laughs> um, see the you man guys them that love talk about the burgers. burgers. Yeah. <laughs> see you guys next week. Yeah. Um, but before you go, let's do an episode of Movie Man. Sure, why not? I am one of your hosts, Damien. With me is my co-host. Hi, it's me, Bam. How you doing, Bam? Great. I'd like to ask you what you've been doing, but um, the most recent update would be the last twenty minutes where we yeah. took a break to yep. go. 
Uh, well, I'm currently drinking a uh, rum and sorrel with peppermint. As, peppermint. As I, as I did. Yeah, guys, when you're drinking your rum and sorrel this Christmas, drop mm. a quick little peppermint in there. Yeah. Gives the minty flavor. If you, got, if you got, you know, if you're at somebody's house and they're, they're serving the rum and sorrel, yeah. pick out one of those candy canes off their tree. Drop that bad boy in there. It really does. Break it in half, drop one at the bottom, yeah. and then drop the other curve as a little and garnish. Have it, yeah, have it garnish it. And then, you know, it's going to melt off. You yep. can just... Plop that bad boy in there. There we go. Yeah, there yeah, you go. It's nice. Um, that is, uh, are we just going to be doing food and That has been Sorrel. <laughs> that is Sorrel man name. My name was <laughs> what Sorrel. Uh, but while you're, you know, enjoying your, your zingers, your, right. your hamtastics and your, and your Sorrels, you might want to watch some uh, Christmas classics. Sure, why not? And uh, we are going to do a full-on Christmas episode yeah. uh, next week. But Guys, watch all your Christmas classics. We're going to be yeah, talking about them. We're going to be talking about it. And also... If you have a particular Christmas classic that you'd like us to talk about, one of your all-time favorites, uh, you can DM myself or Bam, or just you know use the hashtag MovieMandem yeah. on Twitter. Twitter. We will find them. Yeah. Uh, you can DM me at Dami Movies, as D A M I Movies, and you can find Bam at at Flat Bammy. Yep. That's F L A T B A M M Y. Uh, yeah, hit us up. Let us know what your favorite movies are so we can know which one specifically we Hey, should. you can just shout whatever nonsense you want on us. We'd, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, and um, if we think that your, your favorite movie of all time, the one that you watch with your family every year that makes you cry every mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. if we think it's trash, we'll tell you. So, sure. <laughs> you know, be careful what you wish for. Um, but one movie that I have never met a person to tell me that this is trash. No one has ever mm-hmm. had a bad opinion about mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. Is perfect little film. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Hell yeah! Uh, doubles as a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. so you get two chances to it, watch it, it every it, year. It, it canonically takes place on October thirty first to yep. December twenty fifth. Yep. So you could even watch it in Thanksgiving That's if you right. celebrate That's that. Right. You know why not? It's alluded to there is a Thanksgiving universe. Yes. So, yeah. so um, let's start with that movie, and we're also going to be talking just a little bit about the works of one Henry Selick, who was the director of Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, last week we talked about how this film, uh, even as I'm looking at the poster right now, it says Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so let's talk a little bit about his involvement before we go into the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Just to let's just set the story straight. Mm-hmm. So on IMDb it says uh, based on a story and characters by Tim Burton. Right. Right. Uh, but it it was adapted in a, a script by a man named Michael McDowell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, animate, the animation screenplay was written by a woman named Kath, Ka- Caroline Thompson. Mm-hmm. So we can say concept, conceptually, yeah. Tim Pitch Burton. Pitch by Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was a hundred... Henry Selick. It was directed by Henry Selick. Um, and uh, what, uh, what an incredible film this is. Um, I think visually... It is just one of those most iconic films that the the, the figure of Jack Skellington. Yeah. Jack Skellington on that little curvy mountain, yeah. singing to the moonlight, mm-hmm. just embedded in people's minds. Yep. Forever. Yep. And um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But it's very a, a good film. Check it out, guys. It's 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 um it's one of those. This is what this is my theory when it comes to movies. But um, you, you have can, movie theories. <laughs> I have I, I have thoughts about movies mm. from time to time. Um, so movies like, um, Mad Max, right? Mm-hmm. A lot going on in that. Lots of world building, building elements to the world. Um, but the story is very simple. Mm-hmm. You go from point A to point B mm-hmm. and then back to point A. Yeah. You know? 
Um, the story of Nightmare Before Christmas is quite simple. Point A, point B, but... But everything else around it is there's a lot going on. So my, right. my thing with, with it is when you have a movie with a lot of you know, elements that are going to require the audience to kind of buy into, mm-hmm. your story has to be simple. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, you can't. You can't unless you're Christopher unless Nolan. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I was going to say, unless you're Christopher Nolan, you can't do both, bro. Yeah. So Nightmare Before Christmas is, it's a, a man in, with a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's an artist who's tired of the work. Yeah. Whose his, his, his success has gone too far. He's making the same old tired albums again and again. He's yeah. just like, oh, I want something new. Which I is all um, this money and success I have. Voiced by the, the lead singer of Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Who yeah. went off to be a film composer. Yeah. So, um, you know. He's made a few movies you might have watched. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, so, uh, the, so, the singing voice yeah. of Jack is Danny Elfman. Right. I think the acting voice is a different one. Yes. So, they, oh, they sound they It sound is very uh, Chris Sarandon Chris who does Sarandon. the, the, yeah. the, um, the speaking. speaking voice. Right. But uh, Danny Elfman doesn't sound that far off. So I don't know if it was just that he couldn't do the line deliveries. Yeah. So yeah. the whole thing was Danny Elfman got hired to write the music for this. Yeah. Because it is a singy, singy, singy song movie. Yeah. So he's writing all the Jack Skellington stuff. Somebody's writing the Oogie Boogie song. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, I forgot her name, but this other woman was writing um, uh, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her, her songs, right? Sally? Sally. Sally. Sally, Sally. Okay. Pardon me, Sally. Was writing her songs, but now Danny Elfman got so into it, yeah, because oddly Danny Elfman is also at the point of his career where he's tired and he wants to move on to some stuff. Yep. So then his good friend Tim Burton got him onto this movie, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Oh, film composing, right? Film scoring, right. film writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm into that." He has this renewed thing, so yep. he's really into it. And as he's writing the songs, he's like, "I have to do this. Like, yeah. I, I want to also. Perf- I'm not. I don't want to write. I want to perform them." And they're like, sure, mm-hmm. um, sing them, great. And then as he's singing them, he's just like, I want to do everything now. <laughs> and Henry Selick, God bless him, he's just like, you're a great singer. Yeah. I don't think you have the acting chops right. to really get in the simple non, non-singing stuff. Yeah, which, and, and it's, um, it's not, I don't think it's a difficult... Uh, also, uh, not an uncommon thing. Many animated movies have yes, yeah, person yeah, yeah. who sings, person who speaks. Like I don't, it, it's not ninety uh, percent of Disney movies. Though. Right, I was gonna say Lion King. It's not um, uh, Matthew Broderick that's doing the singing. No, you <laughs> know. Um, although updated, you do have um, Donald Glover doing yeah. both speaking and singing. Anyway, don't speak about Lion King. It's a bad movie. Right, yeah. So, so uh, also some other voices in the movie. You've got Catherine O'Hara, yep, as Sally, the the mom from Home Alone, yeah, um, and also also a million other incredible things, and also the mom from uh, uh, Shit's Creek, Schitt's which Creek. has gotten you know critical acclaim. Uh, Best in Show, one of my favorite movies ever. I, listen, incredible movie. Yeah. Best in Show. It's a sh- it's a movie about people at the during a like a Westminster Kennel dog show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible movie. Yeah. Please, everybody watch it's it. It's basically, it's a mockumentary yeah. of just the, the kind of personalities yeah, that, who, that who are be super a... passionate. And it goes into some weird... <laughs> it is so fucking funny. And yeah. guess what? You also get to look at very nice doggies. In that yeah, movie. yeah. And the thing about, like, I watched that on a fluke last year because... Mm-hmm. Um, we watch w- it every year. Oh, it's one of my favorite you? movies, yeah. It, I mean, I don't doubt it. After I saw it, I was like, okay, I get this. 
because um, we what it was uh, we were looking at like just a list you know those lists of like hundred greatest movies or, mm-hmm. or movies you've never seen whatever mm-hmm. and then it happened to be on television so we're just like all right well it's right. fate right. and yeah it, it the whole time I was just like I can't believe I've never seen this this is right up my alley it's the same guy who did uh this is Spinal Tap right okay right yeah so and and it's like that kind of deadpan straight mm-hmm. to camera kind of mm-hmm. delivery that's just great um yeah so she's she's in here as uh Sally uh who is. A, a Frankenstein-ish woman. Yeah, she's like Bride of Frankenstein, but also our come-to-life ragdoll. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she is um, like, she's, she's a someone's daughter creation. Of the, yeah, she's the daughter of this mad scientist in right. the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You guys have seen the movie, right? I don't yeah. think we need to... <laughs> no, but just like thinking about those characters of Jack Skellington yeah, and yeah, Sally, yeah. like the, the depth of design in those characters, like those right. are... So, all, all the characters in this movie are like riffs on like monsters and creatures, but they're all like also have an original riff right. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've all seen like a skeleton kind skeleton of person. Man, skeleton right, yeah. man, but this is like a skeleton pumpkin demon. Right. And he he he's known as the pumpkin king pumpkin of king, Halloween yeah. town. Right. And and you know, the I think this movie might have one of the best openings of a movie ever. ever? Yeah. That song, um, uh, this, this is, is Halloween, Halloween. Uh, straight up banger. Yeah, like <laughs> classic forever. Even the I'll, I'll even take the Panic at the Disco cover of it. I'm fine with it. Mm, you know, but the like uh, the that right there. This is Halloween, and what's this? Yeah, like just two of the best Christmas songs ever. I mean, this the, the two two of the best soundtrack songs, and just like so. This is Halloween. Let's, let's start with that for a second, but it. To bring you into what this movie is about. Yeah, and shows you everything up, up front. Yeah. Everything, the different types of characters that you're going to see. And it really gets you into the concept of, oh, hey, you know Halloween? This is a town of that. This yeah. is a world where it what is if just Halloween. every spooky creature lived in the same Right. World? So all the monsters that you're afraid of. And also, the, um, my favorite line in that song is, um, I am the who when you go who's there. <laughs> yes. Like, to, to bring that just great, little idea great, to life. Great. Brilliant. Great. Um, uh, and and then so when you first start with that and then you get into these different types of characters and you get to understand the soul beneath them, right. um, mm-hmm. that I think is why these characters have stuck with people because mm-hmm. uh, Jack Skellington he is relatable. He is also very much a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he fucks he, up. He, he's quite royal in that. Like, so he's worshipped as like the best guy in town. Everybody loves. Everybody him. loves him. He's literally their king. They even have like a mayor who I guess is appointed, but the mayor just confides everything. It's like it's like in how him. um in, in the McDonald's mythology you've got Mayor McCheese sure. and then you've got Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Obviously. Ronald McDonald is the face of everything. Obviously. Mayor Obviously. McCheese just runs things. Right, right, right. right. He does the paperwork. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So like and, and even in, in This Is Halloween, when like you're just bombarded by every great creature design yeah. you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and they're all just talking about, oh, you know who's the best out of all of us though? That yeah. that they're Jack Skellington, mm-hmm. the pumpkin. King, King of the pumpkin patch. And then he just like here's the thing, everybody's doing a song and a dance and they're having this parade and everyone is jumping out and you know scare stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like Jack Skellington comes and what does he do? He just comes out of the well of a puddle and yeah. he just has like his arms crossed and mm-hmm. he looks cool as shit. Yep. I'll give you that. All he does is walk. Yeah, and he just does a walk and they're like, the best, <laughs> yay! I'm like, we did it. Happy Halloween. You're the best and guy, man. Yeah, and so like if if he's been doing that for the past 100 years, yeah, I guess he'd be bored. Yeah. Like, 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 like 
here, here's the best thing about this is Halloween and the interest that mm. that is Jack at like his most artistically deprived <laughs> don't trot like as amazing as that sequence is yeah that's like l- lame yeah Sh- jack is over it. he's like uh, he's whatever about it so you're not even seeing the best performance mm-hmm. of it that's so what's even so funny yeah that's him th- that's them doing stairway to heaven for the five thousandth yeah. time and he's just like i would like to write beethoven's feet exactly you know so then he goes into the the mystical forest and he sees the different doors to the oh, other. Oh, he has his lovely Hamlet to look with. Yes, yeah. He, As you said, on, yeah. on the... the, the, um, the, the this, is, this is a movie where it's just like... It's my favorite kind of musical. Where it's just like a song, four minutes of dialogue, and then, which song. Is, and then another song, right? Like, it, it, it's, just, it, it just... The songs, like, introduce you to the world. Here's yeah. the world. Then here is the conflict, which mm-hmm. is I'm tired of my job. Right, and then, he, and then he goes into the forest. Does a whole song about how he's, he's seen it all, done it all. He yep. liked to move on. Boom, magical forest with a tree with trees full of all holidays. But um, but he chooses to go through the Christmas, Christmas door. And it's, it's the most interesting looking. Of the but it's it's also the 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 thim- polar opposite. Yeah, of polar the North Pole. <laughs> um. St. Patrick's Day Town, Valentineville, yeah. Thanksgiving Town, Independence Day Town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. St. Patrick's Day Town. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. I get, oh, I think what I was thinking of was the 40th Clover. Right. 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 Um, Fort so you just go there and like, just, just vomit in the streets and you get into a fight. Is yeah. That, and, and there's a couple of leprechauns, I guess. I guess. Uh, and then there's Easter Town, which is just, you know, Jesus Who on comes the cross. <laughs> No, it's it's. I guess it's. I imagine it's a beautiful forest full of eggs because they do kidnap the Easter Bunny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know they're they're deeply fundamentalist and they're, they're quite you know serious about the the core of the religion. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, yeah. So he goes to the Christmas town and yeah. it's just and this the best song ever. Snow starts. and lights <laughs> and all right. So here's the thing though. What's this? This is Halloween. What's, uh, neck what's, and neck. What's, what? Yeah, but I'm asking you, gun to your head. Oh, gun to. Oh, what's this? What's this? In, interesting. What's this? What's this? Okay, yeah. I don't think I could. I think I'm gonna have to go with the other one. Um, just because Th- this this is Halloween. Like it, it, it's great that it sets the stakes. Yeah, it introduces everything. What's this? Is uh, okay because this is all sung by the entire town. Yeah. So it's just like one snippet of this person's thing, one snippet of this person's thing. But what's this is like an artist rediscovering joy again right, for the right, first right, time. Right, right. And yeah. it just speaks to me. So they have <laughs> it just speaks to me better. <laughs> no, I understand that. So and, and it it narratively it has that bit of work to do where it has to push along Jack's like character. Yeah, exactly. And, and have his him re- it, it is also character building. Yeah. But, like, okay, so so Halloween town is or this <laughs> this is Halloween is world building. Right. What's this is character build. right? And also expansion of the world, so it's exactly, doing yeah. double duty there. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so he he is he discovers Christmas and he's just like this. I am doing this. Yeah, we are doing this is Christmas. Great. Whatever this we, is, I'm we got to do this. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then what's hilarious is, of course, a bunch of horrible nightmare <laughs> creatures. Could not possibly understand the concept. Right. So he comes back and he's just like, "Hey guys, if I got a pitch for you." <laughs> Now, look, we're going to package things yeah. and we are going to send them to everywhere around the world. And, and they're thinking, we're taking Halloween International. We are going to oh, go man, into people's homes. Jack He's done it again. Right. <laughs> Jack, you crazy for this one, boy. <laughs> like, but yeah, but, but also the funny thing is that like, they're all cool with their job. Right. <laughs> Jack is the only one. Jack has not explained that he's tired of this because Jack is, 
Jack is, is, is like a great little kid where like he discovers a new toy. Yeah. But the toy is like a gun. <laughs> and and he, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand that it's actually a dangerous weapon. But he's not, he's not, I mean, clearly he's not really good at communicating his feelings. No, because no he's, a, he's a pompous artist well, at the same time. The second he feels sad, he just goes off into a graveyard and exactly. says, hmm, I'm sad. Yeah. Like, he's got this, this wonderful woman who is doing nothing but just trying to get fun over to him. him. Just like, Jack, give me the skeleton body. <laughs> and, like, Jack, and Jack is, doesn't even notice her. He's just like, no. oh, yeah, Sally, yeah, just one of the gal. Like, <laughs> Jack has no mind for any gal, whatever. Yeah. So, so, like, okay, so, like, he is the king of Halloween. And right. He understands that intrinsically. So, when he discovers this whole new universe, and he's like, oh, Santa Claus is the guy. Yeah. If if he was any decent and good person, mm-hmm. he would introduce himself to Santa. Uh, yo, let's and do a just deal. Be, and, yeah, just be like, yo, can, yeah. you, can you teach me? Like, like but he what? does, he does but intellectual he's just like, property theft. He's just, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> he's just like, oh, you guys are doing that? I'm going to double down and do it even better. Watch. Yeah. And I don't want any notes from anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's It's like... You know what it is? It's it's like when white people saw black people doing jazz. Yep. And instead of like asking the black people to like yeah. help them out, they fucked up and they made poker instead. <laughs> They're like, oh, we can do that, and they accidentally made poker. That's Jack Skellington is the is the cultural appropriation. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, you know, among all this, 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 this fuck up of a character that is Jack Skellington, he does learn. He does get his comeuppance after he does. Has, he though? I mean, look. He traumatizes the entire world. Yeah. The, the, the no, military he, he, has to shoot he, him he down. He understands that he fucks up. But then also he's just like, yeah, whatever. But you know what? I, I yeah. put my own spin on it, didn't I? <laughs> he's not even angry about it. He's I just, gave it the good old college try. try. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's not, he's not like, sorry. No. Yeah. Santa Claus. Again, he's a pompous artist. Right? Santa Claus being who he is, he's just like, I just want to go home. Yeah. I, you know, Get I'm not going to handcuffs. Yeah. Right. Don't even talk to me. Um, <laughs> Well, there's also the villain of this movie, which is responsible for, I my think, good friend, my, my third favorite song. My good friend, Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie. Um, which I think his song is just called the Oogie Boogie song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love that song. It's, um, it's a nice... Uh, song a, by Cab Calloway, like, extremely famous. Yep, old, old yep. Um, it's, it's a nice, you know, jazzy villain song, um, which uh, one of, you know... One of the things about Disney movies is they well this isn't a is this a this isn't a Disney movie is it it's a Disney this production movie? yeah it's Disney production yeah. okay they they, they, they put it over to Touchstone one of their other companies that's why. they love okay but like on paper it's yeah when when are Vista Productions yeah that's when a Disney, Vista, a Disney yeah, yeah. subsidiary yeah um but like the, okay so the Disney Disney movies have the, the only reason it was not released under Disney was because they were so unclear about how people would take yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. like they don't want to tarnish the disney record right yeah so, so the, they, so they will have those things like um you know fox fox had the fox, fox searchlight yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, th- those are where you're gonna put your kind of riskier things where you don't right. want to, or um who owns focus features Ooh, it's a great probably universal yeah i'm not yeah. sure um but yeah so so but disney disney owns um once off the Weinstein Company, <laughs> by the way. Which, yeah. yeah. Which they, fact, they so in the no in the movie, about. um, she said, which is about the mm-hmm. the Harvey Weinstein story mm-hmm. that it broke about his his um monstrosity. They mentioned uh, Disney, yeah. and and there's a point where they're like, you know, um, Disney's got to respond to this or something. And I was that 
I, I was taken aback by it because I was just like, okay, you're you're bringing that to the forefront, right? Um, Good job, movie. Yeah, which you know, if there's any wonder why that movie didn't make any money, just mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, um, other Disney movies they tend to have really great villain songs. You know, you got Scar, Scar's um, "Be Prepared." Um, Ursula's... Here's the thing about Disney. They know how to make a good character. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, I don't know if they've had a good villain song in recent years. I can't think of a Disney villain that has come That's to... a real song. Yeah. Um, because Frozen really... doesn't have a villain song. No. Uh, Moana doesn't. Uh, oh, they don't really do... They, they, they do sympathetic... They don't really do outright villains No, anymore. they don't. But, the, well, well... Like, even Moana, like... Who's the villain? Your, yeah, grand, no. your grandma, the beautiful volcano. No, but 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 Hans from Frozen was outright villain. Like he was yeah, manipulated. Yeah. But the, I think the most recent one that I can think of is probably the um the the I forget what his character's name is, but the voodoo man from um uh Princess and the Frog. Like he has yeah, a, oh, he Keith, has a, Keith David. Right, right. The best, the goddamn best. <laughs> yeah, he has a great villain song. Um but Oogie Boogie's song is just like this like casino grifter right. talking about how he's gonna um, you know, take over everything, and it's just—it's great. And yeah, um, guy. yeah. Um, just, just a bag full of worms. Love yeah, just a nightmarish thing. And that's the thing I want to talk about right now is this movie being stop motion animation and having such a signature look to it. And just the—I mean, any stop motion animation movie, even looks great. Yeah, <laughs> even even if I don't like the the story or whatever, I'm just like, oh, this didn't this work looks for me. Interesting. It just looks interesting, and you just think about how much work went into it. Every single time I see like just a weird like 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 the the guy who's all goop and drip. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. how long did you take to make the goop and drip? And here's the thing: we know that movies take long to make, but there's a certain element of stop motion animation that where it's longer. It is such painstaking work, oh. and if you fuck up one thing, you have to start over. over. Suppose those models get demolished. You have to build new models, and then you have to start the animation over from scratch. Bec- I mean, they must make spares, I would yeah. imagine. Well, I mean, even a great thing about um, Nightmare Before Christmas is you can look at, like, Jack's head. Yeah. And you can see fingerprints. And it's when somebody's <laughs> molding and shaping. And, and, and that's the head. thing about it. Like, Thank God he doesn't have eyes. That would have been <laughs> a literal nightmare. Well, the, um, the, the, when movies have continuity errors and stuff... It's it's for me it's fun. Like there's a there was a, a, a clip that they released for um the Doctor Strange movie Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. and there's um it's when he's fighting the one-eyed monster mm-hmm. and um it shows Doctor Strange in the street and there's a guy running past him in a briefcase and then it right. cuts to the monster and then it goes back to Doctor and Strange and the same guy's running yeah. past. And people were on Twitter like, "Oh my god, Marvel is the worst." Oh, like they worst they, they just they they don't know how to make movies. It's just oh this is so sloppy. Nobody's keeping a keen eye on these things. There's no quality. I'm like, this was this is usually like a fun thing right. for people who watch movies. It's like, oh, right. hey, <laughs> you can see the guy running twice. Or hey, you can see the thumbprint. Also, don't you love it when an extra is doing some weird <laughs> shit in the background? Yeah. Like sometimes those things that quote unquote break the illusion right. are just like the joys of watching filmmaking, filmmaking on display. On, yeah. yeah. Like, what, like, you know what one of my... Like top ten favorite moments in The Matrix is mm-hmm. The Matrix, my favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments is is when uh, in the end when uh, Neo runs away, like after the subway fight, mm-hmm. Neo is running down the street. He's just like, um, I need, I need, I need, like, I need, I need to help me get my phone, get me out yeah. there. And the somebody, somebody by a fruit stand, yeah, turns into the agent, mm-hmm. 
and shoots at Neo and hear boom, boom, gunshot. Right. And Neo freaks out and starts running. But right in the background behind Neo is a lady who mm-hmm. flings open a bag of fruit <laughs> and puts her hands on her head and screaming. Her, her head is shaking. It's like a millisecond. Of yeah, film, yeah, yeah. But like, I'll never forget. That That's one. great. That's <laughs> great. Stuff like that is great. Um, yeah, so I, I just like, this was um, a movie that I think many people in, in our generation was just, because uh, Christmas and stop motion are, together. they're familiar friends. Yep. You got those um those Rankin Bass um, um Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Frosty yeah like those those movies that you would see on Snowmaster Playmaster whatever it was. <laughs> um yeah with the Island of Misfit Toys and all that mm-hmm. like you would see those on on cable um the ABC Family would run that dry exactly and and it 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 kind of had that quality of this playfulness you're watching toys come to life Santa's mm-hmm. Workshop kind of thing mm-hmm. and then you're taking it's that like, it's like yeah, and you're taking it into this kind of um, twisted, dark, gothic look with the Halloween stuff, yeah. and introducing that, you're introducing that, that those Halloween themes with this Christmas style, and having those characters experience the actual root of this, mm-hmm. this animation style, which is with Christmas movies and those stuff. Not saying that stop motion was strictly... For Christmas yeah, stuff, because yeah, yeah. they would, you know, like the Godzilla or the King several, Kong movies, yeah. several, those yeah. monster movies um, where you'd have the, the very, very choppy by comparison. Right. But this is smooth as silk, man. Right. Like, Also, just like the smart idea mm-hmm. to combine, it, it, it's, 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 it's the Reese's puffs, it's the Reese's mm-hmm. pieces mm-hmm. of like there's Halloween kids yeah. and then there's Christmas kids. Never the two shall intertwine. <laughs> and then but on one fateful night. One fateful nightmare. <laughs> somebody was smart enough to go like, you know that these are the same kids. Yeah. <laughs> and and now perhaps we should, you know, put the chocolate in this milk and see what happens. Yeah. And guess what, guys? It's great. It is. Um I mean it, it should be said that when this movie came out, it was like moderate hit. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was just like, great. And then as it just kept on you know, replaying on like ABC Family. Yeah. Every year, again and again and again. Some people got the VHS and someone got DVD. Yep. And then one day, a little thing called Hot Topic comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 Hot Topic, as well as I saw your good friend playing Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Early on. Absolutely. Uh, people were just like, "All right, mm-hmm. Jack Skellington, my good friend Jack Skellington. Good design. Great Will, design. Yeah. It it it's." narratively has to come up every year. Yeah. Every year we celebrate Halloween. Every year yep. we celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. It just passively comes around. It, yeah, it survives. And it is that like, you know, detached spooky kid mentality yep. Yep, where yep, we're just yep. like, oh, this is the Disney movie that's cool mm-hmm. that I can always bring up even and it, as it, an adult. still to this day people regard it as that. It, it hasn't, because it has kind of grown into... Popularity. Um, yeah, commercial more, popularity. Yeah, way but more it than. still is regarded as the cool kid. Mm-hmm. Like people still have the Jack Skellington nails and the costumes and and you can buy a Jack Skellington hoodie right now. Yeah, nobody would. Yeah. Yeah, and and because it's it it's one of those movies that, uh, and I think a lot of movies in the nineties have that where it's just we we're doing this and this is you're never gonna see this again. Again. Yeah. You're right. Right. You might see iterations of this. 
but this is like this is the first time right, right. and this is this is the the decade of of discovery mm-hmm. of of effects and what we can do with films and how far we can push narratives with these new visual styles and everything after this not everything but a lot of the stuff after this is just going to be like we'll do that but different right. and then maybe in the 30 years time you'll have a virtual reality whatever i don't know yeah um you know even even stuff like um uh spielberg's jurassic park mm-hmm. you know and um, Blair Witch Project. A uh, good movie. Okay. Yeah, like just um, like this was. I I put this up there on the same level of not really sure if this is going to work. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, due to the fact that not really done something like this before, at least to this scale, because they'd been CG characters before, not like that, mm-hmm. and not with that much pressure behind it yes. where the whole movie hinges on it. It's not yeah, like this effect has to work. Like if the T Rex looked like shit. We ain't seen Jurassic World. Right. We ain't seen any of that. Um, but it, as you said, didn't really um, you know hit as much as it has at the time. But it is it is vindicating to see that kind of justice be done to this movie in um in the years since. Oh, Roger Ebert gave a highly positive review mm-hmm. for Nightmare. He believed the film's visual effects were as revolutionary as you see. This man there knows what he's talking about. As revolutionary, Ebert, man knows his shit. As revolutionary as Star Wars, taking into account that Nightmare was filled with imagination that carries us into a new world. Let me guess, Cisco hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's not listed here. Um, I'm gonna see here. Uh, Danny Elfman. He was worried that the characterization of Oogie Boogie would be considered as racist by the National Association. <laughs> For the advancement of colored people, mm-hmm. uh, the NAACP. Uh, screenwriter Carolyn Thompson raised similar concerns about the character, only to be told by Burton that she was being overly sensitive. <laughs> mm. Now that's not Ooh, good. Teaser. <laughs> Given what a real <laughs> teaser for Tim Burton's thoughts. Yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> that's, gotta, uh, that's a thinker right mm, there. That puts things into a certain light, Mr. Burton. Um, it is interesting that they did have those qualms about it. Um, I mean, portrayed by a black man, uh, 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 both in voice and in song. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but that's, that's by no means like an endorsement of the, the portrayal of the character. I mean, sometimes you just do a job or just the climate at the time. It's not really a space where you're... That was 1993. Nobody gave a shit. Right. It's not, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, clearly Danny Elfman and, and Carolyn Thompson had concerns. Um, I've, I've never heard that. As no. um, something that people, you know, have qualms with about, but like I don't even think. Well, I, I didn't. Well, I do not assign race to any of the characters in Nightmare. Yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. Um. All right. Let me see if there's anything. Boogie else Boogie here. to me is not a black or a white man. He's a he's a sack full of worms. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how I view him. But but I can I can see where they're coming from. Where they think, okay, well, he's he's you're voiced by a black person. Doing you're, a jazz. You're, you're doing a jazz number. Right. Um, and you're kind of uh, sniveling as a con man. In, in, I can see the concerns being there. Um, but I think there's so much in that character that is divorced from uh, you know, yeah. African-American uh, yeah. physicality yeah. that I, I think it's, it's understood that this is just a, a garbage person full right. of worms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, fun fact about Oogie Boogie. Well, yeah. I'm totally eating this peppermint on my I, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's uncomfortable for my fun fact, fun fact about Oogie Boogie. Yep. Um, he seems to be the only person in town who fucks. He got three kids. <laughs> are those his kids? Yeah. Okay. Jack is just like, I, I know you are Oogie Boogie's kids, but please don't tell your father Oogie Boogie. I mean, 
I'm hoping adopted. Also, I don't no, know. No, no, because when Sally goes to um, kidnap back Santa and mm-hmm. she like puts her leg through the gate, mm. Oogie Boogie sees that leg. He's like, mm, okay. honey, honey. All right. All right. So yeah, Oogie Boogie Fox. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry if you did not realize. Mm-hmm. I I didn't realize it. Well, um, glad, glad to educate you. I didn't need the education. You sure? Like, I don't think that's something that I want to carry from hey, this man, we podcast. just had a lovely conversation about smart people are smart because they are willing to accept new information. <laughs> are you telling me you're not a smart person, Danny? I, do I need to accept the information that Oogie Boogie, you know, gets, gets down? down. <laughs> I don't think so. He opens up that little pouch. Okay. It's uh, also worm. I don't, yeah, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, claimated that, <laughs> that part yeah, of that appendage for Oogie Boogie. Um, but yeah, so a nightmare before Christmas. Um, anything else you want to say on it before we just talk about some of the other Henry Selick films? Uh, no, great movie. Everybody's seen it. It's lovely. Everybody should see it. Um, so we we want to talk about that because it's you know a Christmas movie. But um, Henry Selick has not made that many films. Um, but I would say he's definitely somebody that will you will say you know quality over quantity mm-hmm. because I don't think he has made a miss. No, all um, movies are very interesting. Yeah, but also... He also made a film called James and the Giant Peach. Perhaps you heard of it? It is, yeah. 1996 movie. Um, just excellent. Like, very... Yeah, I, I don't say it. I watched it last night. I was like, perfect. It's yeah. still great. It, uh, how many... He's directed a... Okay, a few shorts. In terms of, um, you know, uh, feature, straight feature, feature films, he's made Nightmare Before Christmas, James and... Excuse me. James and the Giant Peach, three years after that, and then... Five years later, he does a movie called Monkey Bone, which I've never seen. Brendan Fraser. Uh, really yeah, Brendan Fraser movie. And uh, he does Coraline mm-hmm. about eight years later. Now, Coraline, I remember being uh, very much playing off of the Nightmare Before Christmas kind of Vibe. fandom. Right. You know, because that was like, that was the thing for me. It was, it was a, a gothic looking uh, um stop motion animated movie mm-hmm. and um it features this little girl and she is not so satisfied with her life uh, which is a common thing with with animated kid movies you know the, the, like simba he wants some to be the little king. teenage girl wants something right? <laughs> yeah and um she she ends up uh finding what seems to be her dream come true but it it turns out to be nightmarish mm-hmm. and um very unsettling movie. <laughs> um, like the, I've, I've heard. The, the, you've never seen it? Okay, well, like the, the, the mother with the button eyes. Yeah, I've seen uh, the image. Yeah, uh, as, as, as creepy as it looks. Um, but this was just like going all out with these trippy... Because Nightmare Before Christmas, it, it has the visuals to sell you on the concept. Mm-hmm. This is... The concept isn't that difficult. She's going into another world. But then to bring about that this is a completely different world, it gets very surreal, mm-hmm. and it gets it like the it's it's real people. So it's not like in Nightmare where it's mm-hmm. the, you've got different mm-hmm. creatures, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. this is kind of bringing you to the speed of okay, fictional universe. But this is kind of like figuring out what are those things that don't translate to us as reality. Mm-hmm. So. Eyes need to have the, the iris, the whites in the eyes. And have, yeah, that, that brings across the emotion. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things with uh, motion capture that I think we were talking about, I don't know if it was this episode or the last one, but with Polar Express and those movies, <laughs> they've got those dead eyes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and 
Coraline has that with, with um, her parents in that movie. And just as she's navigating through this, this world, which is supposedly her dream world, more and more things show up that are strange, out there, and frankly, just extremely disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this was also not that successful at the time. Uh, I'm just going to look up really quickly what the box office for it was. $124 million worldwide. Let me see. That budge. Yeah, I got to see what the budget is. Um, it's not showing my hair. Box office mojo used to be a lot easier to, to, <laughs> to navigate. Like, it used to just show I you. I just look at the wiki. Yeah. Uh, Coraline budget, it was $60 million. So it made double its budget. Cool. Um, it's not a cultural impact because people love Coraline. Right? Yeah, you know, they do. They do. I mean, it, it was reviewed very well. Um, and as we said, people that had grown to have a sense of identity because of Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. this was just like, oh, we get another one. And, and Max at a trough with you. <laughs> and this time, we, we can embrace this as it's meant to be embraced. Mm-hmm. Um, so people really like that movie. Um, but James and the Giant Peach, like, I remember watching that repeatedly as a child. Uh, it came it's out... It's on Disney, like, every year. Yeah. It came out in the year that I was born. It is um, a, a young man who goes on a magical adventure in a giant peach with his little bug, bug friends. friends yeah. um, you know, and, and the transition from real world to into the stop motion. Yeah. Um, and it's... it's it, it, well, it helps that it was a shadow, but... Well, so, so, yes, it does. <laughs> that's, that's how you hide the seams. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think for, for James and the Giant Peach, it's so, you know, you remember the movie Shark Boy and Lava Girl? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> but I hope you are. That's a movie that is trying to... Taylor Lautner's finest performance. <laughs> it's trying to capitalize on this idea of the world through a child's eyes and just bringing a, a child's dream to life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it does that really well. Okay. I think it's just like as if a child wrote a script. And the thing about well, that is... A child did write that Yes. Script. And children should not be script writers. No. James and the Giant Peach is like, let us imagine having a child and having his imagination go wild. Mm-hmm. So like, how does he visualize something scary and traumatic and he's got this like that um the 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 monster in the movie the rhinoceros petrified me as a child i was like this thing is gonna come to get me in my sleep um you know what the the rhinoceros never freaked me out but those two aunties Mm -hmm. just like yeah yeah, like uh, it's it's based on a a roald Dahl book yes uh roald Dahl, many famous books many famous adaptations of his books his favorite thing seems mm-hmm. to be getting like a terrible human being mm-hmm. to be put in charge of a child. <laughs> like that's his favorite thing. Um, so the two aunties who are really great. Yeah. They got like one of them has, I would say, the most British teeth that have ever been portrayed in film history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These dark, blotchy <laughs> things. Uh, they played two evil, evil step aunties. Yeah. And so after James. Uh, his his parents are are killed by what seems to be a giant rhinoceros, yeah. according to James's memory. Mm-hmm. They get put in charge of him, and they basically Harry Potter the shit out of him. Yep, and by that I mean put him to chores. You know, they 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 they, they dursley him. He is not treated very well. In yeah, that movie. he's really badly. Yeah, and they're just it's like fifty minutes of the movie. They just do the most over top evil aunties do not care about mm-hmm. this child kind of thing. 
And anyway, uh, randomly, this like gentleman appears. Mm-hmm. This little hobo magician looking guy. Played by Pete Postlethwaite. Pete Postlethwaite. I will always wonderful, get wonderful an, actor. I will always take every opportunity to say his name. Wonderful Irish actor. Uh, he shows up and he says, like, hey James, um, I got this magic bag of like worms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you want... Do you want his magic back arm? By the it, way, it, it, it's very creepy. All of this is real. as creepy and over the top as it sounds. Yeah. But it, it works. It's not a subtle movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and James, who's like a little five-year-old British boy, mm-hmm. like, of course so. Like, I'd love to play with the worms. <laughs> That's how it sounds. Yep. <laughs> and so, and then the guy, the, the, the nice but creepy guy gives him a bag of worms. Yep. And he's just like, well, anyway, and the first thing you do, don't drop this bag. Whatever you do, don't drop this bag mm-hmm. of worms. And he's like, great. Takes and right before st- he leaves, by the way, don't drop the bag. Yeah, it takes two steps up the stairs, boom, drops the bag. Mm-hmm. Bag of worms splashes on the floor, runs into like all the flora and fauna yep. of the place. Eventually ends up in a peach. Peach starts growing and growing and growing and growing. So mm-hmm. there's this giant peach. Absolutely. There's now a the title. T- yep, there we go. Now the two aunties come out and say it's peach. And they're like, yo, money. So they, they put up this, this, little, this, this little fence above it and they're like, pay people to come and see the giant peach. Yeah. They make a pretty penny from it. Mm-hmm. James now is like stuck in his room balling because like, you know, his one magic thing just has been overtaken by his aunties. And then one night, goes outside, ends up trying to take a bite of the peach. Mm-hmm. He bites into the peach. The magic from the peach gets into him and he keeps on biting, keeps yep. on crawling into the peach. And then two twos, we got a movie going, baby, <laughs> because he becomes a magical little stop motion creature. Yeah. And inside the peach are all the other bugs that the worms got into, who've mm-hmm. also been bitten, who've also become giant. And they were his friends men. before, right? Like he had been collecting he had, them. Yeah, uh, he was friends with the spider. Yeah. Uh, so him and the spider are really cool. But then he comes up and then... You got a grasshopper friend, grasshopper friend, centipede, centipede friend, ladybug, ladybug a worm, um, uh, what's that, light bug? <laughs> Uh, is it? I'm seeing Aunt Sponge is here. I don't know if that's. I don't know what the creature no. is. No, <laughs> Aunt Sponge is one of his. Oh, aunties. okay, okay. It just uh, says voice. Yeah, uh, a firefly. Right, a firefly. right, right, right. Anyway, all these bugs are in the tree. Or mm-hmm. Bugs in the peach, and he's of course he's freaked out. Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, James sounds like this. I, well, I you've also it. got giant um, insects like. Sp- right, anthropomorphic insects right. and clothes. Gonna freak to you him. out a little bit. Yeah, if you're a fire British boy, you'd be like, oh, fucking on. And anyway, the, so they're like, they're like wondering, like, okay, well, you know, we're all in this peach. What do we do? They think to themselves, you know, it's, I'd lo- so the centipede is like, listen, I, I'd love to like be in the shows and be some performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, spider's like, I'd love to go to like dark corners and cafes and yep. drink, drink coffee. And the ladybug is like, I'd love to go to a park and see all the things. And the worm is like, I'd love dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then James is just like, who? So before James, his parents died, they showed James all these flyers of New York City. Yeah. So James is like, well, you know, it's perfect and has all the things you want. New York City. So mm-hmm. they go, let's go to New York City. And as soon as they say that, whatever's holding up the peach on a cliff, but yep. they're on a cliff, by the way. Whatever's holding up the peach, the branch holds it up. Branch cracks, the peach rolls down the hill. Mm-hmm. They set out to sea, and the whole movie is just the adventure. Uh, what what was holding up the, the peach at that point was the script. And, yes. and then yes. when they reached the next part of the yes. script, it was just time to go. Right. <laughs> no, it was on, well, I guess it was a script. It was also a tree branch, mm-hmm. a tree branch that can, of course, be cut down and turned into paper mm. that could become a script. Ah. <laughs> nice. Um, so, 
each of those characters that you mentioned uh, are brimming with design, personality, character. The the spider is she's French. like well she's got the black and white stripes and she's got the the uh, beret, French beret, bowl cut beret, yeah. and she got the beret on and she yeah. Um, the centipede is just like 1920s New Yorker. He's got a cigar in his in yeah. his in his mouth and a, a, that newsboy hat on. Right. Um, he looks like he looks like he helped build the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the 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 grasshopper. grasshopper he's got the the, the um, uptight. He's got a monocle and a and a cone yeah, and, 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 and a, a cane. Right. You know, like the, there's so much to each of them, and you can just look at them and go like, okay, okay, okay. This person right. Is. You can even hear them a little bit watching right. them, which is good to me. That's just great, great design. Um, but also. Again, that's that's the Mad Maxian feel where you look at somebody and you go, yeah. I know exactly what this person is. Yeah, exactly, is. exactly. And never has a peach been more appetizing than sure. in this movie. Because sure. when, when there's a I'm looking at a picture right now and I remember seeing this as a kid, the the scene where the, the centipede is serving them bits of the peach. Mm -hmm. It is a vivid orange, mm -hmm. it just looks succulent looks and great. I just mm, definitely and then I tried a peach and I was like, Oh, this is not what I imagined. Yeah. I mean well, peaches are good, you know. It's I just, like peaches. This is not not this. It wasn't Heaven on Earth. Yeah. Um, Turns out movies like this sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I really like that movie. And it's just, again, with his, uh, with Henry Selick, all of his movies, there's this... Visually appeal. Visual appeal and just like uh, these, these characters that you can relate to and also that you understand just by watching them, which, which really eases off of having to... Eases off of some of the work for the film. Because you're just getting it right, looking at them, yeah. and then Vi you can visual information yeah. is something that really flies over the head of people yeah. nowadays. But like so, sometimes, like the key to a movie or, mm. or the key to like introducing many characters in a movie, yeah, is like, like I said, like, like so during a Black Panther thing, you're just like, oh, there's not much to um, Namora and Atuma, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or good friend Namora's uh, henchman and henchwoman, yeah. But I'm just like, look at that costume. That, yeah. that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like definitely. One guy's big and strong, yeah. and one guy's like. Sometimes one you can show important. you don't need to tell. Exactly. Yeah, and and you should strive for that. And and it's when it's done well, you don't need to tell, and you can right. you you can get it just by looking at it. And like, lots of these movies have that. Yeah, so like you know you can you can show just like here's what this person looks like. Mm -hmm. Infer what you want. Yeah. And sometimes it is it is the cool thing is. That the filmmaker will do is you'll show this person this visual archetype of a person, and you yeah. think you already know what they are, and then through the script, which is already the, the visuals that have to work for you, mm -hmm. and now through the script you can give them whatever extra layers exactly. you want on top of it. Yeah. Like my good friend Drax, the Destroyer mm -hmm. from Guardians. If you just look at Drax, you're like, oh, that's just a mean, big, tough, strong guy, mm -hmm. and then you know through the script, like he is a big, mean, tough, strong guy. Guess what? He's also very emotional. He's very poignant. Mm -hmm. he's, he's autistic. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's so many other interesting things. Yeah. Um, all right. So, let's, uh, let's just jump ahead into present day and we can talk about the most recent effort from Henry Selick, which is Netflix the original. Netflix original, Jordan Peele collaboration. Hell yeah. Um, Jordan Peele wrote, co wrote the script mm -hmm. and uh, co produced Star the movie. And stars. And stars in the movie. Um, so, little backstory to this is um, Henry Selick is a really big fan of Key and Peele, mm -hmm. and he just wanted to make a movie with Key and Peele I playing get it. characters. I get it. Um, 
So they are playing themselves, and I, I sure. don't know if it was recorded or not. They're doing, they're doing a bit from Key and Peele. <laughs> so, but we were saying um, that there are certain movies where they are just playing themselves, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Formula works, it works. Like you watch... Um, we, we, we love a comedic duo. Yeah. We love a, a, what do you call it, a Laurel and Hardy, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell and um, uh, jo- jo- John C. Reilly. John C. I was going to say John Cusack. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And... Um, it is a shame that Jordan Peele turned into one of the most visionary filmmakers of our time. Because <laughs> I feel like Keegan yeah, we Michael should, we should have held him back and yeah, like, forced him to do comedy. Yeah, time. because Keegan Michael Key, I feel like that's what he signed up for. Like, yo, we could be that. And right. then he's just like, I want to win an Oscar. Yeah, I want to become one of our national, yeah. national treasures. Anyway, he does say that he's not done with comedy. Like, his comedy career is not done. Yeah, he just accidentally became a, a greatest hard director of our right. time. Right. But so they are essentially like they are playing characters that would be on their sketch show, yeah. um, and they did like an animated sketch. Yeah, yeah. And they are these two demons with a substance abuse problem. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, who who are obsessed with uh, building their own theme park? Right. And there there are two businessmen. Yeah. Who happen to be the sons of the demon Satan? I guess you could <laughs> say the devil. Yeah. Yeah. And they really, they have higher aspirations. Who is voiced by Ving Rhames. Absolutely. Yeah. As we all know. Um, <laughs> uh, so they have those higher aspirations, like actually find their, their, fund their thing. Mm-hmm. And they have this get rich quick scheme because their father has made this, their father, who, by the way, is a giant demon that they live upon. Right. And he runs uh, Hell. Hell, of course, being an amusement park that is on his tummy. Right. As we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he... They are, as, are as, as his two sons, they are forced to basically treat his baldness, right. his male pattern baldness. So they, they, they are forced, doomed to spend their life on his giant head top, mm-hmm. rolling down, rolling a carriage. So each individual follicle, follicle needs strength. its own dose of hair, hair cream. Right. So every, every follicle, they, they roll the carriage on, they have this big machine in the carriage, and they squeeze out this cream on top of his head that, boops, puts up a hair strand. Right. Right. But of course, it's very temporary, so they need to do this all the time. Yeah. But now... Rogaine doesn't last forever. You need to no, get some need to rip frequent treatment. treatment. Rip that treatment, my yeah. So, so now, uh, through a series of mishaps, <laughs> they find... Uh, they get in contact with a young lady. Mm-hmm. A young lady who experiences uh, trauma young. Mm-hmm. Her parents die in a car accident. It is quite... Um, it's it's quite a, a an emotional opener because it's like okay yeah you're it's like whoa wow this movie just starts yeah because right. you, you introduced that it starts off it, it's called Wendell and Wild but it starts off really with her and she is the main character yeah um it's called Wendell and Wild because they're just like they are we the, need a cute name yeah yeah and also they they are the 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 you know otherworldly concept to right. this film. It's it's sort of like how Beetlejuice is not really about Beetlejuice. Exactly, right. <laughs> exactly. Lid- that's, that's actually a perfect comparison. Yeah, but but you know, Lydia isn't the catchy name isn't the catchy movie title. No, nobody's gonna see that. Beetlejuice, they'll they they will say that okay. three times. Exactly. Um but uh so Kat in the movie, she's the main character and it just starts off with um her you know, her parents, it's a a, a, a dark and stormy night. Yeah. Many stories start such a way and um she you know, she lets out a scream. She's eating this apple and there's some worms in there, two-headed worm. <laughs> and uh, the... She's yeah. in the backseat of her parents' car. Right. And the scream causes a distraction and the car goes straight into... Uh, the Over river. a bridge, yeah. Yeah. 
And um, she survives, the parents do not. Mm. Um, uh, upon her near-death experience, though, this opens up this portal to the other world. Yeah. Where Wendell and Wilde, the demons, see her. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we have this connection to this girl we are seeing. Which is also induced by their substance abuse of this yeah, hair cream. They are, yeah, so they basically take the equivalent of magic mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> through this hair cream. And, and they're able to, to, to communicate with a girl from another dimension. The world of the living. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, one thing I'll say about this movie, it has a lot of ideas. Uh-huh. Um, I... It's I, I don't think it's great, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting, and I think you are two cut plot lines away from a mm-hmm. perfect movie. So back what we were saying about yeah. Nightmare, all these other movies, yeah. great keep concepts, it simple. Yeah, yeah. If you're introducing some crazy shit. Yeah, keep it simple because you have to take into account the the underworld and just you automatically. I'm thinking, okay, how does this work? Is this right. like hell as I know yeah, it? Yeah, it just shows a visual concept of, of like yeah. hell is an amusement park on this guy's tummy. Right. And all you're really dealing with is like when these two people who don't want to live there. Right. That's okay. Yeah. But, but then I got to think about other things in the movie like how Cat is a, uh, what is it? A hell maiden. Hell maiden. And yeah. there are other hell maidens in right. the movie. There is a nurse who is basically an exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she works with a guy in a wheelchair and... And like the, the, this, this magic hair cream can uh, not raise just cause you know hair follicles to rise back, or, or to cause demons to have hallucinations, but it can raise the dead. dead yeah. So okay. So why? Well, this is all right. So the hair it's cream, wild. It's, it's it's Wendell and Wild. One could say. <laughs> so okay. So the hair cream that belongs to these demons that belongs to let's call him Satan, Wendell and Wild's dad. Yeah. Uh, can raise the dead hair follicles. Now, if it can raise the dead hair follicles of a giant demon, mm-hmm. okay, I will accept the logic that if you inch, if you give this to a dead body, right, it will raise the dead body. Yeah. So it because it, one hair follicle is basically the size of a normal person. Right. So <laughs> so yeah, sure. As we all know. <laughs> so oh uh, so so they they basically start this like scam mm-hmm. where they're like we will raise back dead bodies for you for profit for profit they yeah. are not the smartest businessmen no, no they are they're two idiots yeah <laughs> very important but job. they have good hearts like the the whole thing is <laughs> kind of. well they want to develop this amusement park because the one that is currently well, they existing, need capital yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need capital the one that exists on their dad's belly is kind of like a torture park. People are not it, having a good time. It, 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 yeah, it, it, everybody. <laughs> their dad's belly, which houses the amusement park that is hell. Yeah. Everyone on the rides of the amusement park don't want to be there. Imagine being strapped into a roller coaster. Yeah. And you cannot leave the roller coaster. Yeah. You're just forever attached to this roller coaster that goes on. Wendell and Wilde are just like, it don't have to be like this. Like, yeah. let's make an amusement park yeah. to amuse. Yeah, and Wendell and Wilde are basically just like, you know, the janitors right. <laughs> of, of this thing. So. Anyway, no. So, uh, what's her name? Cat. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, goth as shit. This this cat girl. Every, yeah. Any anybody in goth or or or, or metalhead girl would yeah. absolutely love this movie. She I, she I walks around it. with a, a boombox with the speaker looks like a giant eyeball. Yeah. Um, Constantly blares punk rock. She's got a uh, uh, green afro puffs. Yep. Um, she's wearing. 
it, what looks like a kilt, which is just sure. very, sure. <laughs> it, it is very just like punk, offbeat. Punk AF. Yeah. Look. She's got multiple say. piercings. She's walking yeah. to school with yeah. the, the, um, the, the dark lipstick. Right. Like I will say. This girl would have both scared me and made it really horny in high ab- school. Mm. I can tell you that. I yeah. Can tell you that right yeah. now. Um, like her being, uh, her character design, that is something that immediately works for me. That's my favorite like, part of the movie. Like her <laughs> character being this person who is traumatized and, and has turned into, you know, a lot of teenage angst mm-hmm. and having that represented in her outfit. Like even when, when she, well, I think the best scene in the movie for me is when she's just walking into this, this school for the first and time. And showing everybody like, yeah, making her own self known. Yeah. Because she's been kicked out of, um, you know, group homes from here and mm-hmm. there. And, and this is like the last place Stop, that will yeah. take her. And she's just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. My parents are dead. She, I'm going to make it everybody juvie. else's she's problem. To, or she was going to go to juvie. Right. And then this, uh, this I think, is the, the last, the, the place that would take yeah, her yeah, instead yeah. of her going to, to jail. And, but she's still got this big chip on her shoulder. Yeah. And she just walks in, music blaring, and she just does not give two shits who right, gives it. Yeah. Now, one thing I appreciate about this movie, it doesn't have the typical um, like school bullies. Everybody's yeah. actually really nice to her. <laughs> Nice, but also okay. They're not your typical bullies. Mm-hmm. But I think they are bullies in that they're like, they're like, oh, let's let's be friends with that girl. Yeah, but not like, oh, let's introduce her. She's like a and new toy. The group. She's a new toy. They want her yeah. to now conform, right, and be with them. Yeah. So it's not your typical school bully, but it is like more almost insidious or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just become part of our group. Yeah, it's like a more realistic kind of, portrayal of like right. a new kid in school. Exactly. Especially when it's contra- just eat, like you just want a new toy. Right, right, right. And it's especially when it's again. contrasted to another character in the movie, Raul. Yeah. Um, who is a a, a, a transitioned male, um, who originally was at the school as a girl. Yeah. And you know, and 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 one of the most subtle, like realistic to the point of like, ooh, that feels weird that they did that yeah uh the, the main bully mm-hmm. <laughs> I, f- I forgot her name but she dead names yeah raul at the beginning right and and he's like but it's not it's, done it's not done maliciously it's like in the second when she n- does it n- n- I, I, th- I think it is done maliciously okay that's the thing i, I think i think she says it just like because, because she knows and she's kind of friend and raul's like no it's raul now and she's like oh right like, is, is, Does, is, is, in, like, in there a point where she's just like, "Oh, I keep forgetting" or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't, she doesn't care about any other people's opinions. Right. right. So, but I, I'm saying at that point in the movie, that character is very. I was like, "Oh, that's a realistic thing." It is, yeah. And, but sure. the, the, and that's, I think, like to have that inclusion in the movie, I do respect it for that because, yeah, especially with the kids' movies, you're not seeing that. But yeah. a lot of the kids are experiencing that. So to be to, to see that, and for this character to get. The, the kind of treatment it, it, from... It's, and, and also the cool thing is, it's, it's like, A, this one fucked up thing that would happen to that kind of person happens. Yeah. And then it's also not brought up again. He's just Yeah, everybody as, else is treated yeah. just treated as... So, so the rest of the movie... A regular character. A regular character that actually has things to do with, is yeah. integral to the plot, is not just included into this as uh, just a, a, a stunt you know, right, casting right, right, or, or right, stunt right. character. It's not like, you know, like, like let's say lesser Disney movies who will have like a lesbian kiss at the end of a movie. And right, and, and, and then take it out in international markets. No, you couldn't take this character out of this movie. It just wouldn't work. They're, they're too important to the yeah, movie. they're integral to the plot. Right. Um, um, but yeah, so I think um, certain things design-wise, like, I mean, there's, there's certain shots in this movie that 
Bananas crazy? Just, and <laughs> I think actually this movie, more than any of these other ones, break that sense of I'm watching this being done on a soundstage. Like there are certain moments mm-hmm. where, where it just feels like, oh, you're walking down the street. Like mm-hmm. this feels like a huge world where you're watching the snow, yeah. you're seeing the snow on the street. Um, that first scene of the amusement park, I'm like, holy shit. Right. They are going off right now. But even like them, them driving through, right. like sometimes when you're watching Nightmare Before Christmas or, or James and the Giant Peach, you're just like, okay, so you've got a set here right. for this song or for mm-hmm, this scene. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't necessarily feel connected. Like there's the scene where um, when Jack gets shot down from Santa's sleigh and he's in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a graveyard set. It right. doesn't feel like this is in the same community where those houses were, right, where the, right, where the right. gifts were being opened. It does feel up. like a giant town. Yeah. Right. But this feels more like, yeah, a giant town where you're going, every, everywhere is connected. You can kind of maybe even see parts of another set in the background in yeah. other scenes, like the graveyard connected yeah, to the yeah, school. Yeah. yeah. So I think... And they also constantly pan up to the school on the mountains. So right. The yeah, whole yeah. So there's a certain level of, of, of cohesion and context to this which is very, very impressive for a stop-motion movie. It, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, they're playing with um, plasticine dolls. <laughs> it just feels like... Even though they are very much playing with plasticine Right. Dolls. It just feels like, oh, so in this world, someone had a camera and shot this movie. Um, but I think, yeah, what does hold it back for me was... Because I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, we, <laughs> we discussed doing this episode of like, this kind of Night Before Christmas Henry Selick celebration. And we're like, oh yeah, we should definitely watch Wendell and Wild. Right. I don't think. I, I, had you we'd seen it need, at that point? We neither had watched. We had it not we, seen it. We, we were we just announced. excited because Henry Selick, Jordan Peele, right. you know, and it was on Netflix, so it was easy to go and see. Cool. It. Um, so you watched it sometime earlier this week. Right. I I watched it this <laughs> this morning. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, we have to record. It's right. been a busy week. Sure. I was also trying to watch it with my wife, who has a very busy schedule, so it's hard to really match up certain mm-hmm. things. So I watched it this morning, and. Um, Crack a dawn, I wake up, right. and I'm and I'm like, all right, Wendell and Wild, sure, crack a dawn, kind of half asleep, cool. and I'm getting a lot thrown at me with this movie, lot of information, yeah, and I'm in like, I'm halfway through, and I was like, okay, there's a green thing going, okay, now there's rules to yeah. the the relationship hey, between they, the they, demons, they, and they, 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 why, why don't you tell people the plot of this movie? <laughs> um, I, I I know what happened. I don't think I could tell you what the plot is. Yeah. Uh, I mean the the plot is she. she mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. How does she become a hand? Okay, <laughs> so she a hell maiden. She so Stand like from the top. What's a hell maiden? No, <laughs> what's a hell? I really can't tell you. I can't tell you the rules of being a hell maiden. I know there's one other one, right? And I know that there's we haven't even gotten to the janitor no. who is collecting demons nope. who has disembodied feet. Yeah, all who of, ro- rolls all around of Satan's w- children in a backpack. Yeah, um, and he's just a demon hunter who's working with a nun at the mm-hmm. school who mm-hmm. happens to also be a hell maiden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the real plot is... Also, this movie is about, like, capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, 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 a, it's a girl uh, grieving the loss of her parents. And also, yes, the, 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 the town taking over and, and you know, uh, uh, wiping out the, the small, small businesses... businesses yeah. The, the people who have denied the takeover for years. Okay, so this movie is about a real thing that happens um, all across, like, middle America. Mm-hmm. About what people call Rust Belt towns. What happens is, so back in, like, call it the 1920s, 1930s, mm-hmm. someone builds a giant factory, and everybody all around comes 
and works at a factory. The factory can employ like 100, 200, 500 people, right? Right. And no, so a small town runs around that factory. And the factory makes like barley or, you know, whatever, cement, whatever. Yeah. Right? But it employs a good enough people that small businesses can go around town. So this whole community forms around the town. Mm -hmm. Now, it starts happening in the um, late 80s, 90s, uh, after um, our good friend Ronald Reagan destroys mm. all precious business securities and, and safety nets, mm -hmm. is these companies kind of sell out the main factory and maybe they move it abroad or maybe it switches hands, whatever. The point is they start doing massive layoffs yep. or outright sh taking all profits made from the factory and it's moving it to a different country and shutting down the factory yeah. full on. Now, what happens is, is because the factory is literally the hub of the town and everything around the town needs the factory to keep going, right. all of a sudden disappears. Yep. So everyone overnight is like, the economy of the city, the town is just gone, wiped out. Yeah. So now either people who stay are just dirt broke mm -hmm. or people who move, move very far away from the town. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes poorer and poorer and poorer until you see, you can literally see like husks of a community that once were there. Right, yeah. And yeah. we're not there anymore. This is what happens in the movie. Mm. Um, Kat's parents owned this big bear factory. Yep. And it was a hubbub of the town. Mm -hmm. And they wanted plans to expand and do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they died. Yep. When they died, the new people came who took over it were just like, we have no emotional ties to this town. Well, it we wasn't just that. It was just that there are certain fact people in this movie that have designs for the town. The right. parents are, are vehemently de denying their takeover. Yes. And they, and they want to do the, the <laughs> they want to move all business from the town. Right. The parents are like, no, no, no. And, and then the, there's a mysterious fire that happens yes. after the parents have died. Yes. So there's clearly some malicious intent there. And, you know, I think it's, it's good that a movie has that story in it, but there's so much in this. Yeah. So, so if it was just almost just a movie yeah. about like that, yeah, that'd be cool. Like cat solving the mystery of her oh, parents, what, of her parents' death. Like not maybe, her parents' death, but like the the town. That'd be cool. Or the death of the 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 um the town itself. The, or yeah, of the factory that was her parents' legacy and her trying to figure out what happened there. Right. But it's almost if like there a, a, and there's a, there's a if she solved the conspiracy theory of yeah. the actual villains of this movie. Yeah. Who are two rich people? Mm -hmm. Um, one of them being a black man who looks suspiciously like Donald Trump. Who's to say? And and uh, his wife who are. Like, uh, they're funneling money into the private school, which yeah. is now the one industry of the town. Yeah. And th the head of the, the, the school, who is this priest, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, this priest guy. Who, brilliantly played by James James Hong. Hong. I think he's doing a great job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the grandfather from Everything Ever All at Once, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, they are in some scheme to now funnel out all money, remaining yeah. money from this town. Uh, because uh, underground, what's the name of the, f the f foundation that the Native, Ameri Native American? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> See? Just, just like six blocks. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, so oh, this movie is so convoluted. <laughs> okay, so they're, they're. Okay, basically, the bad guys in the movie are whatever money is being funneled into this private school, mm -hmm. the bad guys are trying to suck it out fully to destroy the town yeah. to find sponsors or other business. 
But they they also want to build a prison. Yes. The, yeah. Oh, good lord. Yes. They also want to build. <laughs> and they 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 want to a private prison. They want to have um because there's this program where the school has these uh girls who have had hard lives girls, and they yeah. want to do, to funnel you know these these children to the school and then charge exorbitant fees yeah. for the state and have the state pay the money. Right. <sighs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's a very convoluted yeah, so, plot that so they have. So there's all that going on. Mm-hmm. And where the movie gets strange, this again, if everything I just described could work as a movie, mm-hmm. what's weird now is that the movie is kind of two movies at the same time. Yes. Because the B plot <laughs> is there is a world of demons, mm-hmm. and these two demons are um, hoxing people out yep. of, of their money to build their separate amusement park. Yeah. And the two stories. I want to say they intertwine, but they never quite gel. It's kind of like the story about the... Because the, the, the thing about her wanting to bring her parents back from the dead and then dealing with the consequences of making that decision. Because you never bring somebody back from the dead without consequences. Yes. right? And they do that in the movie. But it's like right after they realize what that is and the, the thing with the theme park comes up. Because the whole thing is that they're going to get found out by their Satan father. At some point. Right? Yeah. At some point. And those things come to a head, and it's like, okay, these feel like satisfying conclusions. But then the the whole conspiracy about the fire and the evil corporation is like almost like, oh right, we're still doing this. Right. And yeah. then there's this big fuck all fight at the end with yeah. construction vehicles and yeah. za- no. Let's also mention there's the 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 council vote which requires <laughs> the zombies to come back to life <laughs> to cast their and this is. This is one of my favorite things in movies ever, where it's just some character. Also, pulled. this is like a ninety-minute movie. <laughs> so, like when I saw, on, I saw an so hour and forty-five minutes, and I was like, okay, cool, I can knock this out. Yeah. And then, so like, one of my favorite things in movies, and this is what's done in Airbud all the time. Is like, <laughs> there's nothing in the rule book. Dogs can play basketball. Sure. They're in a council meeting where um, one of the characters in the movie who has been trying to expose the evil corporation from trying to yes. build their prison or whatever. The, they've, they're, they're at their vote and everybody has been voting against building the prison for years. Yes. All of a sudden, the, the exact dead, the amount... The dead council members <laughs> the exact are reincarnated. Amount that are needed to overthrow the vote. Yes. Walk in and they... Because when you're a council member, you're a council member for life. For life. And they literally have her checking the council rule book and like, she's like going line by line and she's just like, yep, they can vote. Yeah. I'm like, what the talking about listen even though they have legally passed there's nothing in there that says anything about zombies and everybody in the council room is just like ah darn i guess yeah (laughs) and the only the way also the town is suspiciously chill with all these reanimated corpses yeah (laughs) coming back to life yeah no they 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 really are because then they were a movie that deals with such a realistic problem yeah (laughs) of like these rust belt towns when the weird shit happens, nobody's like even that perturbed. I mean, as you said, this is a message about uh, capitalism, about the prison industrial prison complex. Yeah. It's a, It's also about uh, election fraud because yeah, those yeah. dead voters that yeah. they kept on banging drums about. And here's about. the thing: that sounds like a great Jordan Peele movie, <laughs> and it kind of sounds <laughs> and 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 the and the Wendell and Wild hoxing people and reanimated corpses. Yeah, yeah. sounds like a Henry Selleck movie. Yeah, and. Like I love these two artists, I don't think I don't think it came together very yeah, well. The, the, these trains smashed together. Yeah, in, I'm in happy that station. I saw it. You know, because it no, was, it's it's so interesting. But I, it was but the whole experience. time I'm just like, 
this is almost working. Yeah. <laughs> because because I, anything, I like all the designs. I like all the yeah. cool stuff going on. I just think it's also two separate movies. Also, I thought this was also like a very big fuck you to Tim Burton for his recent comments about how uh, uh, black, people, black <laughs> people don't work in his aesthetic. Right. This, yeah. th- this yeah. main character, Cat, yeah. Fucking A one Tim Burton angst as fuck character. Right yeah, like this that, is a Tim Burton girl. That is um that is is the the little girl from Beetlejuice. Um, that is you know Olivia? yeah, just yeah. like that kind of you know mm-hmm. angsty teenage mm-hmm. girl. Like that's Cat. Cat so has Kat that. Is, yeah. yeah, and she's also black as fuck. You yeah. know, she's got she's got um natural hair. Uh, I mean, she listens to punk rock, which yeah. you don't typically associate with, with black so, folk. So, like, okay, so this doesn't have, like, a score or, like, written music for it. Soundtrack is pretty good. The though. soundtrack is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a, because it's, like, A, punk rock music. Yeah. Double down what's even cooler. Mm. It's all black rock bands. Yeah. It's a soundtrack of all black rock bands, which yeah. is so, pretty fucking cool. So, I'm going to, I, I, I don't have much else to say. I mean, I think we've, it captured it, you know. Pretty yeah. cool ideas, pretty cool designs. I think kids will love this movie because yeah. it's it is. I, I think I think this is a movie. Maybe made we're too for kids. old, Bam. Maybe we just Maybe don't get it. Yeah, I, truly, I think so. Yeah, because I could see some kids firing this up on like their Netflix and I'm like, and this actually, is weird and to cool. be honest, like I don't mind when a ba- when when a, a, a film just kind of throw shit at the wall. Yeah, and if it doesn't work on a first watch, that's fine. Like maybe I'll catch this. Four years later, and I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, I remember this." And because I'm know it, no, because I know it's coming, I'm not caught off guard mm-hmm. by it. I'm like, "Okay, you know what? Cool, I'm rocking with." Because not every movie tries to do all these things at once, yeah. and I think you know, give points for trying. Um, in in a filmography that includes James and the Giant Peach, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Coraline, yeah, this is the weirdest movie. <laughs> it is it, and I like a little bit of weird. Uh, so uh, Henry Selick said about the soundtrack. He said, uh, "Before Afro punk, there was Fishbone." Mm. There was actually several black punk bands. Fishbone was punk, ska, funk, but I ended up meeting those guys who are still, per- sorry, still performing, mm. and we have one of the, their songs in the film. They're still performing now, but he met them in the 1980s. He wrote and directed a music video for one of their songs called Party at Ground Zero. Cool and then there's all these other pioneers of the time that uh, some are forgotten, some are remembered, especially with the Afro-punk movement. They are remembered. But there, there were bands, uh, Death, Pure Hell, The Brat, uh, let me see, uh, and uh, Bad Brains, Fishbone, like, mm. and also um, Living Color. Like when I heard mm-hmm, Cult of Personality, mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Like this, that's, that's one of those um, bands that my dad introduced me to that I don't think I would have known otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just really cool to see that song in, in, in that moment in the movie where it's just like, yeah, everybody... Everybody's on the same page right. after this chaotic as fuck movie. Right. They know who the bad guys are right. and they just fucking take it to them. And to be fair, they did. I was caught up by that moment and the finale was just like, okay, this is a finale. This right. is a big fuck all. Let's yeah, fucking do everything, this. Throw everything yeah. Us, yeah. yeah. Um, but the uh, last thing I'll say about uh, on this episode, um, Henry Selick, as testament to that movie that we just talked about, he will make shit that you will not see anywhere else. Yeah. And and original <laughs> yeah, original visionary, and um, you know he doesn't make that many movies, probably because they take a long time to make. Yeah, um, it take a long time, and I'm sure he's doing some other shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, just like James Cameron. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think I'll ever have a bad time watching one of his yeah. movies. Yeah. And there's still like salute, you goddamn weirdo, you. You goddamn absolute weirdo. You look better with the beard, by the way. <laughs> 
Like there's some older pictures, like at the premiere for um, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. and he's, he's no facial hair. He looks kind of creepy. But with the beard, he look, actually, he, he looks like look a skinny little creepy white guy. Yeah, exactly. But the beard makes him look like an, an auteur. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, this is the Christmas season, so go rewatch Nightmare Before Christmas. It is the right time to do it. I don't yeah. care if you watch it at Halloween. Watch it again Come with on. a different, you know, eye. Uh, we're going to be talking, we're doing Christmas, Christmas next week. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, as we said at the top, let us know about some Christmas movies you'd like us to discuss. Uh, and you can hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Dami Movies, that's D-A-M-I Movies. You can find Bam. Flat Bammy. Flat Bammy. And uh, you can find Movie Mandem wherever podcasts can be found. Yeah, the thing you're listening to right now is probably going to be right now. Week. Probably there next week. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye.